listening to Package Your Genius, a conversation designed to give you clarity on your calling and serve as a catalyst for your career. I'm your host, Amanda Miller Littlejohn. Welcome back to another episode of Package Your Genius. I am thrilled to have with me as my guest today, Rebecca Thompson, who is a clarity and career coach for bold, politically minded women. After losing her election for state representative by just six votes on election day, she has made it her personal mission to help other women of color run for office and to create the life and careers of their dreams. She's the founder of the Live In Your Light Bootcamp, a four-week personal development intensive that is inspiring a new generation of high-achieving women to live authentically, purposefully, and in their light. Welcome, Rebecca, to Package Your Genius. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. I'm super excited to talk to you and just as a note, Rebecca, you and I met in Packager Genius Academy where you went through the program and we really got to know each other and work together. And I'm so inspired by all of the great work that you're doing now in your business with your clients, which you'll share with us later. But first, tell us a little bit about your career trajectory and your journey to become this career coach and clarity coach for for bold women. What were you doing before you uh, started this iteration of your business? So right as I was signing up for the Package Your Genius Academy, I was actually a political consultant. So Mm -hmm. I worked at a progressive direct mail firm and we had clients such as Stacey Abrams and Ayanna Presley um, and literally candidates across the country. Um, And Previous to that, I'd worked at Emily's List, which is the largest resource for women in politics in the country, um, and had been traveling the world training women to run for elected office. So as you mentioned, I ran for state rep in my hometown of Detroit back in 2014 and lost by just a few votes um, on election day, and it it shattered me. And I, I really felt like I had done all these political trainings, all these political boot camps, and yet I still felt unprepared. But the things that I felt unprepared about weren't about raising money or knocking on doors. It was, why do I feel unworthy of these donations that people are giving me? Or why am I struggling to ask people for money because I didn't heal the relationship with money that I had growing up? So there were there was all this inner work that I felt like, you know, every time I'd go to a job or I work for a client, I'd say, we need to talk about imposter syndrome or we need to talk about these things. And they just wanted to talk about helping people raise money. And I would be saying over and over, like, you know, especially because we're working with women of color, their challenges are different. It's harder for them to just get up and run for office. So combine the fact that I was running into this resistance of helping women do the inner work. I was also running up against uh, just the fact that the 2016 election changed everything. And, And it might sound kind of silly, but because I had been doing this for years when it was not sexy, you know, Donald Trump gets elected. All of a sudden, hundreds of thousands of people are stepping up to run for office and they're just doing it. They're doing it with no training. They're doing it with no coaches. They're doing it with no consultants. And in a way, it was like 
imagine, you know, sort of training for a marathon all these years and then somebody else like runs right past you. They didn't train. They just do it. And so like I was like, maybe they don't need my help. Maybe there is something else that I'm supposed to be doing. And what if I did something about those like things that kept me up at night that nobody else wants to talk about? And that's that was really the origin of the work that I felt like I had to do because nobody else was doing it. So when you decided to make that transition, um, like it sounds like a seed was planted in 2016, but when you finally decided, okay, I'm definitely kind of moving out of doing 100% political work to doing something that, you know, no one knows me for, right? Um, what was the turning point or the kind of the major life moment that influenced you to say, okay, I have to make this shift and today's the day or this year is the year that I'm shifting how I earn my living? Yeah. So I actually don't even think I've shared this with you before, but um, back in the summer of 2018, I had what I maybe some people will call a breakdown. I call it my unraveling. And I like that better. I like unraveling. So much better, right? Um, but I realized that not only was my career killing me, but my mental health was suffering. So I was struggling with depression. I had struggled with anxiety. It didn't help that I was commuting an hour to work each day and just lived within this constant state of anxiety. And to be honest, I, I knew that it wasn't normal, but it was, it felt like it had to be normal because this is what it feels like to work in politics. And so after that, that unraveling, I got off of social media. I stopped dating. I stopped drinking. I stopped doing everything. And I just started to like slowly nurture myself back to health. And so that, that inner work that I was doing, the books that I was reading, the podcast that I was listening to, the conversations that I began to have with my friends was really the question around, okay, is this, this work is what healed me. There are so many other women who are out here struggling who need their own sort of personal healing. And if you want to go play big in the world, like do something like run for office, this is going to come up whether you think it is or not. And so you can address it before you run or you can address it after you lose, but it's going to come up. And so this idea of saying, you know, I want to coach women in a different kind of way. I want to support them in a different kind of way. Um, it wasn't until the boot camp that I realized, or the, the academy, that I realized that maybe I could turn this into a living. Um, and I just kept thinking, okay, I'm going to have to like work another job or like do something else. But you said something to me to the effect of you've already been in business for a month and nobody's going to come give you the roadmap. So it sort of gave me permission to say, yeah, you're right. I am a business owner. So actually, maybe a few days after that, I went to a meeting and it was the first time that I said out loud, I am a small business owner. I am a consultant. And just from that meeting, like the client I have right now, the, the meeting that I was at in January, they are now my biggest client. And that was the first room that I ever said out loud. This is the kind of work that I do in this sort of new space. So it really was just giving myself permission to, to like fully stand in that and to be unapologetic about it. I love it. So now you help women with those kind of 
limiting beliefs and doing the inner work, as you say, that um, is so important. Can you talk a little bit about what you see with your clients? What are they struggling with? What are some of the signs that you need to do some of this inner work and really um, get to work on yourself instead of working on everything external that the world gets to see? Yeah. Oh, so what I think is most important is that I was this person and didn't know it. So everything that I'm going to share are the sort of telltale signs that I listen for when talking to my clients, because I think we think people can't see it. Okay. So one I would say is um, absolutely the armor, the armor of perfectionism, overachievement, um, being a control freak. So we wear that armor because we needed it to keep us safe. So that armor that women wear um, they don't think the world can see it. And they believe that they are just fierce and badasses, but we can see it. And so um, so that desire to constantly be in control um, is, is one of those reasons why I would work with a woman. Um, another is if you're living on autopilot, if you are just getting up, going to work, you know, cooking dinner, coming home, doing the same thing, nothing lights you up. You don't look forward to getting out of bed. And basically you hate your job, but you need a paycheck. If that's sort of the mentality and that sort of um, place of living on autopilot is also a sign that maybe you need to give yourself permission to dream a little bit. Maybe you need to ask yourself, what does the life of your dreams look like? Look like? And most women we don't give ourselves permission to ask those questions because we don't think we can have it and we don't think we can can do it. So um, over the course of the boot camp, it's a four week program. It's done completely online. Um, and for folks in the boot camp, they'll get the clarity to discover what truly lights them up and how to do the work that they love every single day. But most importantly, how to actually get paid with their worth, because there are so many of us who are, you know, not asking for raises. Uh, if you're a consultant, like we're undercharging, like those are things that like so many, particularly women of color, struggle with. Uh, we also cover um, how to break destructive patterns and limiting beliefs that are keeping them safe, stuck and broke. So a lot of these sort of ceilings are self-imposed and it's really it's all about the way that we think. And then lastly, they'll get the clarity to discover how to show up in their life and career as not just their best self, but as their most authentic self so they can attract everything that is waiting for them. And so the shifting from that place of certainty to surrender uh, opens up so much. So it is, it's the most important work I've ever done. But quite frankly, it was the program I needed. Um, and I wanted, I, I, I often say that it's, it's my love letter to women and especially women of color because it's, it's, it's what I wish existed in the world. I love that. Um, what would you say is one way, or maybe maybe if you have more ways than one, that women can turn off negative self-talk? Because it sounds like that is a big challenge to living in one's life, just kind of talking yourself out of it. Absolutely. It's probably the number one thing that women do. Um, so what has been most helpful for me and for the women and the men that I work with is to reframe those negative beliefs, reframe that negative self-talk. 
So um, every morning I start my day with a powerful affirmation. And it's not enough to just, you know, read an affirmation or to say it. So basically in neuroscience, um, they say that neurons that uh, fire together, wire together. So if you begin to do something every single day, your brain begins to rewire itself to make that your new normal. So it's sort of why if you exercise every day for six weeks, pretty soon you're doing it subconsciously. Your brain is now like, you're excited to get out of the bed in the morning. And it's something that you begin to sort of do without thinking about. And so our beliefs are in the same way that we have to tell our brain what to think. And so if we say, you know, I can't afford that, or, you know, um, I'm not good enough for that job, or I'm not talented enough or experienced, you're, you're, you're going to believe it. So, so thoughts become things. So I'd say the number one way for, for folks who are listening to this to begin living in their light is to change the way that they think, is to change the way that they speak, and then they will begin to change the way that they act. So taking those negative beliefs and the negative self-talk reframing them into affirmations and then literally beginning to reprogram your brain because even if you don't think that they're true when you start uh, eventually they will become true over time as you begin to sort of you know fully embrace them so is it as simple as taking like the thought that you think now the current negative thought and just kind of making an affirmation out of the opposite so like if I think, oh, I'm not good enough to charge, you know, 50K a month <laughs> to one client, mm -hmm. do I just say I am worthy of 50K per month? Like, do I just yeah. switch it? Uh, that's the start. Um, so there's a couple powerful tips to it. So one is um, it's not enough to just think it, but you also want to feel what it would feel like to have that thing. So I would say in that example, um, you know, I am paid handsomely for my services and companies around the world pay me over $50,000 a month with ease. So one specific affirmation that I created for my, my business was that, you know, I, my program is the answer to somebody's prayers. There is a woman who needs exactly what I'm offering and she is ready and willing to invest in herself. And at first, I didn't know who these people were going to be. I didn't know whose you know, answer to this prayer would be. And then as I started having these calls, I would hear women say, oh, my gosh, I've prayed about this or I have prayed for this. And it was like, holy crap, that's the affirmation. That's the intention that I set. And so when I hear that, I know it's because that is what I put out and it's what I'm getting back. And so, but again, I didn't believe that when I first said it, I didn't know where those people would come from, but we start by setting an intention. We begin to say it over time, but we also feel what it would feel like to have that already come to pass. And so I noticed that you have a daily affirmation that you share online. So would you recommend that people kind of, pick an affirmation and say it for a while, mix it up, get a new, you know, how does that work in terms of frequency? Like if there's one thing I want to focus, or even with you, you know, you said the example about I'm paid handsomely. So do you, do you have a few different affirmations that you tell yourself each day that kind of correspond to different areas of your life or 
you know, how, how do people approach even that shifting of the self-talk? How many mm-hmm. affirmations is enough for too many? <laughs> I don't think there's ever a such thing as too many. many. Um, so for folks who might need a little bit of help, uh, they can go to my website at rebeccamthompson.com backslash mindset, and they can sign up for the 31 day free mindset makeover for 31 days. They'll get an affirmation, a prompt an exercise that sort of helps them think about what's keeping them stuck. And the, the, one of the reasons why I love the, the course is that First of all, it's free. So if you are willing to put in the time over four weeks to sort of do the work, you will start to see results. Um, but two is that the affirmations are focused on everything from money to joy to um, relationships. So nine times out of 10, like our financial life is just a manifestation of other areas of our lives. So if we don't feel worthy of asking for that raise, we probably don't feel worthy of asking for a partner who treats us the way that we should. So some of those things go hand in hand and it all comes back to how we feel about ourselves. So I would actually encourage people to create affirmations for every area of their life, because what I have found is that, you know, by doing the the package of Genius Academy, by getting serious and intentional about changing the way that I think, my whole life has transformed, not just my career. So I've attracted a new relationship. I met my soulmate partner and we did not meet on Tinder. That was a, an affirmation that I specifically set. I remember saying Tinder doesn't deserve me and I am going to attract this kind of partner. And I found them. I've met my financial goals. I ha- like So I say that to say that I wasn't just manifesting in one area, but I was very intentional about having a full, a very full life filled with joy, filled with happiness. And so I know that if it can happen for me, it can happen for you too. I love that. So one of the things that you mentioned was that it's important to surround yourself with people who light you up, which, you know, you talked about having a well-rounded, well-rounded affirmations. And I'm assuming that, you know, in addition to the thoughts that we are thinking and the words we speak over ourselves, the environment, you know, that we are in when we're making a big shift. I mean, I know that's one of the things that I always tell people is like, find someone who supports you, even if they don't understand. And if you feel like no one supports you, just don't talk to them about these new things because you don't want them to bring your energy and your vibration down. So like for this uh, living in your light process, how do you approach um, friendships and relationships and kind of engineering the time that you're spending with others? So this is actually such a great question because it is um, in the the sessions that we talk about specifically about how to live in your light. Um, the number one most important decision that a woman can make uh, is who she chooses as her life partner because it affects everything. And so having a supportive partner means getting the emotional or financial support or the help with the kids to start that business. But I have clients who have said, their partners have said, why are you doing too much? You out here, you might as well just go get a job, get that check and, you know, be comfortable. So having a partner who is supportive can be literally game changing for living in your life. 
But I would also add that, um, you know, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. So who are your friends? Who are who is in your inner circle? And so I'm a firm believer that being in communities like the Packager Genius Academy or the Living Your Life Bootcamp, you are in community with other women and other people who are in pursuit of that. So that in and of itself is is a, a really powerful way to change your energy and what's happening. Um, and then lastly, for a lot of us, you know, family drains us or um, we might not have the best relationships with family or they just they might not understand it. So they're not supportive. And because they're family, we feel like we have to deal with that. And so I would even encourage people to look at the people in their family, love them from a distance if you don't get the support that you need, because all of that sort of questioning and, and other people's fears might just rub off on you. I totally agree. I think um, it's a line that I I have in my forthcoming book. I don't think it's in I don't think it's in Package of Genius, but um, or it might be in there. I can't remember. You know this author life, <laughs> uh, but it's never share your fragile dreams with people who are ruled by fear. I love it because it's yeah. just you know, like you said, they'll get in your head, and and the thing is they care about you they love you so they want to protect you and they want to keep you safe but that fear is so contagious and you're already fragile and you're already scared to do it so you really don't need anybody else piling on uh to that to that negative self-talk and negative chatter but earlier you were talking about imposter syndrome as one of the things that you see the most why do you think imposter syndrome is such a big deal or such a big barrier for the women who are trying to live in their life? So I would say, I mean, especially for women of color, um, you know, we work so hard to just prove that we are worthy and that we belong in spaces. So I think some of it is just because we're trying so hard to uh, just, you know, get into the room that once we're in the room, we often sort of question, okay, so maybe they're going to find me out. Maybe they're going to feel like I don't know everything I know. So we also try to, to validate ourselves by getting all of the degrees and all the certifications and all of those things. And so even in the, even with all of that, we still don't feel worthy enough. And so I think that's, that's what's at the core of it is that we're told we got to work twice as hard to get half as far. So we believe it. Or we're told that, you know, especially as it relates to being in certain industries where there aren't a whole lot of women or there aren't a whole lot of people of color, um, that we're looking at the wrong folks to sort of tell us that we belong. We just really want to know it's safe here. You can be your full self. And so I think we don't get affirmed in our workplaces. We don't see enough people who look like us. We don't, you know, see a, enough people who share our lived experiences. So it's it's no wonder why we question whether or not we belong there because we don't see ourselves. So one of my favorite mantras is you can't be what you can't see. And that's for a reason. For women of color, especially, I think the concept of living in your light is super timely. Um, and I know that your cohort, like you've had a, a lot of women of color who have enrolled in the program. So why do you think it's so attractive and it resonates so deeply with 
a woman of color and what she's been through. Like this, the concept of living in your light. Um, is it that we are, we haven't had that opportunity to do it? We aren't encouraged to like, why do you think it, it resonates so much with us? Well, I think there, first of all, this season that we're in, uh, and I'm, I'm going to sort of use this like political lens because it's the one that I have often, is Black women, we're, we're being seen for the first time mm -hmm. in a long time. And so women like Stacey Abrams and Ayanna Presley and others and Ilhan Omar, and we are ascending into some of the most powerful positions. And even as voters, it's Black women out here winning these elections. So black women, you know, as Zorla Hudson would say, are the, the mule of the world. So we are so used to being the workhorse, being behind the scenes, that we are starting to come out of the shadows. And so there's this notion that, wow, wait a minute, I can do that too. And so I think about a woman like Stacey Abrams, who even despite losing an election, she is actually winning. Like there is more opening up for her now but we don't see that many people who look like her. And so we see her living in her light. And so it gives permission for women like me to step out or women with natural hair or women with darker skin or whatever it might be um, because we haven't seen ourselves. And so I think we're in this really, so as much as I was burnt out from the 2016 election, what has opened up since then is now more women see themselves represented and they feel like, well, wait a minute, if this, if this guy can be president, what can I do? What, you know, if, if, if we no longer have to, if the rules no longer apply to us in the same way. Um, but the other thing I will say is that, you know, surprisingly, when I started this, my intention was to create it for women of color. And then white women started signing up. And I had this like internal conflict of like, do I, do I make this space exclusive to women of color? Do I allow non-women of color in? And what I realized is like so many women are struggling with these same things. They're just exacerbated for women of color. And so it has been pretty eye-opening to meet women from all shades and all backgrounds who absolutely struggle with this. So it, it really is like, I feel like women see themselves they are ready to be seen. They are ready to get from behind the background. And here's the thing. So many of us make other people look good. That's our job. That's what we do for a living. We make other people shine. And so these women are saying it's, it's, it's time out for, for making other people shine. It's time for me to live in my light too. I love it. And so for people who are in a similar space that you were in when you found yourself burnt out before you stepped into doing this powerful work that you're doing now, what are your tips for just kind of getting clear on what your ideal life looks like and how you can go after it? Because what you've been able to do in less than a year's time is pretty phenomenal in terms of changing your life and how your whole life looks, as you mentioned, you know, your life partner, your career, I'm assuming friends, everything is kind of lining up. So for someone who's burnt out and is totally not living in their light and they are, they know there's something more out there for them, or there has to be more than this. What would you say could be, you know, a few first steps to get them well, first to give them hope, but then to also shift the energy um, from the darkness to the light. 
Um, as you were asking that question, I, I could see myself in that stage of darkness, in that stage of depression. I would go to work every day. I would keep the blinds closed. And one of the reasons why I moved into my apartment was because of the beautiful windows and the natural light. And in that season, um, it was literal darkness. I never opened my blinds. I would go to work. I would go to bed at seven o'clock. I would just, I would look forward to going to sleep every day and I would wake up and I would drag myself out of bed just to be on, you know, autopilot. And, uh, and so first of all, I think if you recognize yourself in any of that, um, it gets so much better. And so one of the most important things that I did was I got help. First of all, uh, I asked for help. And so I went to see a psychiatrist and it changed everything. I had been in therapy for years. I've known that I was depressed. I had anxiety, but I never got any um, sort of any additional treatment for that because I thought, you know, I can just pray it. You know, I would hear from my family, just pray about it. It'll go away. And it didn't. And so getting on antidepressants actually was a huge part of that. And I remember a friend saying to me, you know, sharing acknowledging that she had been struggling with depression and that once she got treatment, she felt like herself again. And I wonder, mm-hmm. like, what would it feel like for me to feel like myself all the time? And so mm-hmm. you know, now to be almost a year on that journey, um, I look forward to getting out of bed. I, um, I open the blinds. I, and I, and I, I feel like myself and I, this is a, this is a version of myself that I, I had never known because I had never given myself permission to not be depressed. So that's the first thing is just acknowledging if you need help, acknowledging if you can no longer do it by yourself and maybe therapy isn't working and talking to your girlfriends isn't working. Um, so just asking for help, which was something that was really hard for me to do was, was number one. But number two was just get still getting off of social media, I would, you know, I would look at friends and I'd be super jealous. Like, mm. you know, why is it her time? And why is she in a relationship? And why is she engaged? Or she's having a baby or she's getting a promotion. And I would like unfollow people because I just could not see them living in their life. And here I was hiding out in my little dark apartment. And so mm. getting off of social media, getting off of Tinder, those places also make you feel like garbage. Um, I knew that I needed to pour into myself and what, what the, where the solution was, where the healing was, is it was not outside of myself. And so getting still and long enough to just say, you know, I started crocheting and sewing and doing things that I had done when I was younger that lit me up as a kid. And lo and behold, I slowly started crawling out of that. And so, but that stillness, that alone time with myself, the getting off the grid, that was a huge part of it. So uh, ask for help if you need it. Get still. Um, and then lastly is is slowly but surely just try stuff. Like you don't know what's going to light you up until you do it. And so I would actually um, encourage people to think about when you were a kid, what did you love to do most? What were you, When were you most unafraid? When were you the most creative you? Did you draw? Did you paint? Did you take pictures? And as adults, we're taught like we can only do things that make us money. And so I didn't even have a hobby for most of my career. I would work on campaigns for fun, wonder a lot, burning out, you know. And so instead, I like I would find these crocheting circles and I would go to yarn stores with these little old ladies and like 
talk about patterns. And I just got so happy. And so I would just encourage people to like find something that has nothing to do with your profession, find something to do that you used to love, but maybe you've given up and try it and try something else and try something else. And then soon enough, you'll start rediscovering what lights you up. Those are really good tips. And I totally agree. Everything does not have to be monetized. It doesn't have to be turned into a business. And I think so many, so many um, people are caught up in the idea that even if something makes you happy or lights you up, you have to find a way to turn that into your business. And that's not necessarily the case. So thank you so much, Rebecca, for being here with us and sharing your story on Packager Genius. I will absolutely include links to your website as well as how people can access your 30-day challenge and your Live in Your Light boot camp because I have a feeling that many of the listeners of Packager Genius may just need to live in their light. And so I want to make sure they know how to find you and get information on your next round. Awesome. Thank you so much, Amanda. And just thanks for creating the space. I like, like I said, this, the bootcamp would not have existed without the Package Genius Academy. So thank you for giving me the push that I needed. Wasn't that great? You know, it was such an amazing experience to work with Rebecca in Package Genius Academy and to see the transformation in both her life and how she started to earn her living in a new way in such a short amount of time. And to see the way that she's offering her light to the world is just so powerful. Sometimes seeing someone else just really go for it can truly show you what's possible for you. And one of the reasons that I wanted to interview Rebecca and share her story with you guys is simply the sheer speed with which she operated. Remember, she started Packager Genius Academy in October of last year. It's April now as of this recording, and she's already landed her biggest client and has run 25 students through her boot camp. So, you know, put that in context. She's now doing something that she hadn't even conceived of until January, which was four short months ago. So the idea of going slow and taking baby steps sometimes is a myth. When you know your stuff, when you're an expert and a genius in your own right, your gifts are likely more ready than you think. So don't overthink it. Enrollment is open for the next cohort of Package Your Genius Academy. So if you want to join me and experience that same magic that Rebecca experienced last fall in the Academy, please join me where I will put you through my proven curriculum to get clear on your personal brand, the mission for your life, and the work that you're meant to be doing in the world We also spend time on packaging that mission into a message, into stories, into content that the world can understand so they can see who you really are and how you can help them. And then we move into pitching you and getting your ideas and your movement out into the world through media exposure, 
public speaking opportunities, and directly pitching the paying clients and customers that you want to interact with your work. You also have access to powerful group coaching sessions each week, and then intermittently one-on-one support directly from me. It's a powerful experience. And if it sounds like something that you've been missing and looking for to ignite the next stage of your life, I hope to see you in the applications. You can apply for the next round at PackageOfGeniusAcademy.com. Thanks so much for joining me for this powerful episode. And please follow Rebecca and her work online. Check out her boot camp. Check out her affirmation challenge. She's doing some powerful work. She's unlocking women and men everywhere. And the best part of all is she's just getting started. So when will you start? See you next time.